Did you say revenue as a recruiter? What? I know. That is sexy. Any CEO or anybody hears that, they're like, oh, yeah. Keep talking. <laughs> Keep talking, Trent. Hide your kids. Lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous podcast. Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts. Complete with breaking news, brash opinion, and loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls. It's time for the Chad and Cheese Podcast. Oh, yeah. We're recording on St. Patrick's Day, which means this is the most sober thing I'll be doing all day. Welcome, everybody. This is Joel Cheeseman of the Chad and Cheese Podcast, as always, joined by my co-host-in-chief, Chad Sowash. And today, we are honored to welcome Trent Cotton. VP of Talent Acquisition and Retention at Bureau Veritas Group. Trent, welcome to the Chad and Cheese podcast. You've been warned. Was retention originally a part of the job title or did you just say, hey, I need more responsibility through. So throw that retention shit on my shoulders. Damn, man. It's also what I get after a lot of tacos, a lot of retention. You know, the, the whole retention thing, I just, I like to be different. So it, it's actually, I think, uh, vice president of talent acquisition and talent strategies. So I probably need to, to change the LinkedIn thing, but it was just um, kind of balls to the wall as soon as I started. So it's like update LinkedIn, let's move on to the, to the rest of the stuff. Okay. Well, give us a little Twitter bio about you. What did we miss? Color in the, it, well, color outside the lines if you want to. Fuck, this is Chad Cheese. <laughs> All right. So I am a uh, kind of a business person first. I just fell into the talent space. I always tell people I converted to the dark side in 2004 and spent probably the first six months working with HR professionals who said I would never make it. But the biggest difference for me, uh, I kind of found my voice whenever I realized, hey, I can talk the language of the client and then I can just bring in the HR stuff. So I didn't you know, I didn't really stress that I didn't know HR law. I didn't, well, I did because I spent a hell of a lot of time as a manager in HR for stuff that I was doing. So I knew what not to do, but, you know, I kind of took more of a consultative approach and that was in 2004, 2005. I was a lone wolf, um, very outside of your normal HR nomenclature caricature of what an HR person looks like. And now I'm so excited that it's kind of like 50-50. There's a lot of us that have come from the business side and we're taking a business approach to everything talent found your voice lone wolf your life sounds like a hallmark special <laughs> you know that's 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 kind of the brand that i'm going for you know what i like to do is suck them in to the hallmark and then you know kind of drop the rated r version on them and then drop the vice on them yeah i like it i like it that's my approach <laughs> oh shit so so ta is is really bad about creating their own fucking language right so oh my God, yes. so so let's talk about you're talking about coming from the business side so when you step into a c-suite discussion do you ever push your time to fill cost per hire metrics or do you automatically just kind of like spin that into how it either positively or negatively impacts the bottom line because i mean if we if we think about it the c-suite gives a shit about generally one thing and that's the bottom line yes they have other periphery kind of obvi- obvious responsibilities but that's that's where their eye is set so how do you as a ta leader focus on that well my question uh and believe it or not in the interview process uh one of the one of the executives that i was interviewing with asked me so what's going to be your ta strategy whenever you come in if you get the job i said what are your profit levers what 
what what needs to be moved for you to be able to meet your goal from a revenue standpoint in 2021. Big applause. Yeah. Re- did you say revenue as a recruiter? What? I know. That is sexy. Any CEO or anybody hears that, they're like, oh, yeah. Keep talking. <laughs> Keep talking, Trent. Oh, I want to hear that revenue now. Yeah. Yeah. He's back to know, the Hallmark channel. Yeah, back to the Hallmark channel. But you know what's funny, though, is that whenever I asked them that, they said, but no, what's your what's your TA strategy? I said, I cannot develop a strategy that's going to work unless you can answer that question. And I think it it, it jarred them a little bit. Um, <laughs> I, I guess I guess it jarred them because I had to have other interviews. But, you know, whenever I whenever I came in, you know, I didn't I don't even know what our time to fill is. I don't care. That, that doesn't matter to me. What I want to know is, are we filling the most critical roles? Uh, and, you know, we, we kind of do sprint recruiting, which we can talk about a little bit later. So it changes the dynamics of the, of the metrics. Um, whenever I'm doing consulting or, or coaching for other TA professionals, I, I, we'll talk about one uh, as an example. I'll keep it anonymous. But they were just so incredibly proud. Um, they positioned it as, hey, we want to talk to you about your book. And I was like, okay, cool. If you have questions, let's get on the thing. But it was really you know, about 20 minutes into it, I'm going, okay, are you trying to sell me on your version of Sprint and why it's better? Or do you really, I mean, I've got other things I could be doing, but they were touting the fact that they, with their system, they reduced the time to fill from 45 days to 32 days in a month. I said, oh, that's fantastic. How'd you do it? And they went through their whole little thing. I said, okay, so what's your, what's your quick quit rate? That's not important. We're not talking about that. That's an entirely different discussion. <laughs> exactly. And they're like, well, we don't handle turnover. That's an HR thing. I said, but we are HR and turnover is a thing, especially if you're looking at the, at the, at the first year. So they said, I don't know. Well, we'll get back to you next week. We hop on and this is like after hours. And they said, okay, our quick quit rate, you wanted the 90, the 180, and then the 365. I said, yes. And I, I, I remember one of them was 42% turnover after the first six months. Ouch. Yeah. And so I said, so you're selling your time to fill right to your clients as a, as a win. Cause that's what they got. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean. I said, let me just break this down. I said, now my minor was statistics and finance. I'm a data nerd. You were telling your client, please give us a round of applause because 48% of the time we find the wrong person who will quit. <laughs> and stop. Well, what do we measure? I said, you need to line them up with the goal. You know, if, if we need to hire in, you know, 16 revenue producers that have an average revenue per FTE of X amount, how often can you get them and how long can you retain them? And to me, it was just really interesting because in TA, it's like no one wants to talk about uh, turnover. And I, for me, those two go hand in hand, especially that first year. So if you going back to my weird title, Whenever I'm talking to my friends, I tell people, I said, I own a candidate from the time they say hello until I send them a one year happy anniversary card. You're leading the witness here. Sprint recruiting. What is it? Why should our audience care? Give us the 411. Tell us about the book. I mean, it just came out. It did. It did. Um, ironically, I, I re- set a release date just because uh, you know, I'm a project guy, so I wanted to set a deadline. I set it for January the 25th and got everything done, got it edited over the holidays and ended up accepting this, this role. And so it released my first day at Beer Veritas. And I was like, okay, you know, why in the hell would I want to do one thing at a time? Let's just do everything all at one time. So really excited. It's, it's actually the, the, the second book that I've, I've written. The first one was uh, The Seven Deadly Sins of HR and What Makes It Suck. 
But with with Sprint, <laughs> it goes through. Yeah, I made a lot of friends with that. But it was about two years ago. I was a TA leader for a very small team supporting the tech function within the firm. And it was your traditional all the time, you know, hiring managers say you're not finding us candidates. You're taking too long. Um, you're not filling the roles that we need to. I go to the recruiters. They're complaining about the managers. I pull up the metrics. We're hiring people. And actually, I was kind of frustrated. I was I was really looking at, okay, do I need to stay in recruiting? Because I don't know that this can be fixed. And I'm, I'm just kind of sick of this shit. We had just gone through agile training. I spent a week in agile training, um, a week in Kanban, and then a week in design thinking. And then I was listening to the book, Scrum uh, by Jeff Sutherland, and it clicked. I said, okay, there are principles here that we can apply. So the more I started thinking about it, there are four traditional pitfalls of recruiting. The first one is that everything's a priority, which means nothing is a priority. Loss of productivity, loss of efficiency, and it causes a lot of chaos. The second is that, you know, I'm a musician, so I like a rhythm. I like to hear the drum and everybody else falls in line. In most recruiting processes, there's no drum. It's just, it's kind of like the Lucille Ball. Hair on fire. Yeah. Need a good bass line, right? Yeah, yeah. And and it's it's like, you you know, like the Lucille Ball thing where you're just kind of like stuffing chocolate everywhere. That, that's what goes on behind the scenes with recruiting, right? And then the other thing is that a lot of times we're out of touch with our clients, you know, where we, we think that we're communicating a lot, but we're not communicating as often. And then the last thing is that the feedback loop is broken. And... A lot of times whenever I talk to TA people, they go, yeah, we have an SLA uh, for feedback. Okay. Is it on the, on the manager too? No, that's not an SLA. <laughs> SLAs are mutual accountability. So the four principles of Sprint counteract those, those four pitfalls. The first one is- Wait a minute. Before we get into the principles, I want to talk, those pitfalls are specifically, I and mean, those are business pitfalls because if you're managing a sales team, these are also- issues. They are also issues that you've seen in like when you're starting new sales teams and there there's no rhythm that everything's a priority, et cetera, et cetera. So as reading this, it was like, holy shit. I mean, you're bringing business principles that have been tried and true for many different aspects of the business into recruiting. Well, and, and believe it or not, just a, a quick little sidebar before we get into the principles. My daughter is graduating high school this year and it was right around the time that I was developing this process. Empty nester alert. Oh, I know. I know. I'm so excited. Not to get her out. It's just like this stage of her life. It's like yeah. I'm, I'm seeing her become who she is. And wow. it's just, it's like, it's just freaking it's exciting. amazing. Yeah. yeah, I love it. Anyway, she was freaking out. She was taking AP classes. Um, she's, you know, she was the drum major. She's extracurricular queen. And having a total meltdown um, over one weekend, trying to plan out how her week was going to go. So I, I took her up to Office Max. We got a little phone board, got some post-it notes. I drew the lanes out, kind of put her on a sprint, essentially. And I said, okay, I want each subject has got a different sticky note, different color sticky note. Put down everything that you need to do. That's your backlog. And so she goes and puts it down. I said, okay, how many points on the grade or, or what weight um, is this project or this studying for this test going to be versus this one? And so she kind of put those down. I said, all right, now let, let's look at your week. What do you need to get done? She had like, I think 17 little post-it notes on there. And I kid you not, in 30 minutes, she had it all charted out and she knew what she needed to get done and where she was in the process. I said, okay, let's set a point value per day. 
what do you want to accomplish? And she did it. And our, our conversations at night was, hey, dad, I'm 50% above my goal, which means that I have some extra capacity. I'm going to go ahead and get a jump on this one. So that way, maybe <laughs> by Thursday night, I'll be able to just chill the hell out. I said, well, yeah. you know what? If you, and it, to me, that's whenever it clicked. I said, if a high school student can get this and make it work, recruiters can do the same. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Direction and framework. I think that's yes. what every human needs. Yes. Well, the brain naturally prioritizes information, gold, bronze, silver, you know, one, two, three, all of that kind of stuff. So it, it's just in the way that the psychology works and what sprint does is it plays it to our advantage. So the first principle is, is the sprint itself. You're looking at a two-week stint. So what I do is every two weeks when we start the sprint, I go into our applicant tracking system. I do a data dump of all the open positions. And it's a snapshot. So business-wise, it's like a balance sheet. It's a snapshot on that day. These are the jobs that are open. That was the first thing is we, we go to the line of business and say, here are all the jobs at this point. This is all we want to talk about. Unless you have something that's really important that we that's coming down the pike over the next two weeks and we need to add. So it stops that, let me dig myself out of a sand pit. So the, the, the sprint is the first one. The second is that we use points to get the business to prioritize. So here are your 45 positions, Mr. Manager, Mrs. Manager. Over the next two weeks, what is the most critical to your business in terms of prioritization for us to focus on? We're going to focus on all of them, but we're going to front load this sprint with making sure that you have candidates to be able to meet the needs and get this sprint done in a very successful manner. So give them 100 points. You know, we, we try to, we kind of walk them through like a four quadrant type of um, thing. So think of the, the vertical axis as being impact. And that's, I tell the managers, that's what you own, impact on the business. The horizontal is effort from the recruiter. So you have your high impact, high effort. Those are the ones that it's going to take a while for us to search or, or we're really going to have to kind of dig in because this is a niche. That's mission critical. They need 60% of their points to go to those types of positions. You go down to low impact, high effort. Those are those are ones that we're still going to have to do a lot of sourcing, but they're not as critical to that business and that, that sprint. It's a great way for us to get a jump. So if we can fill them, fantastic. Another 20% goes there. We'll get back to the interview in a minute. But first, we have a question for Andy Katz, COO of Next. Andy, if a company wants to actually come to Next and utilize your database and target texting candidates, I mean, how does that actually work? Right. So we have the software to provide it two different ways. If an employer has their own database of opted in text messages, whether it's through their ATS, we can text on their behalf. Or we have over eight and a half million users that have opted into our text messaging at this point. So we can use our own database. We can dissect it by obviously by geography, by function, um, any which way. Some and sometimes we'll even parse the resumes of the opted in people to target certifications. So we really can you know dive really deep if they want to hone in on you know just give me the best hundred candidates that I want to text message with and have a conversation back and forth with versus going and saying I need 30,000 retail people across the country. And that's more of a, you know, yes, no text messaging back and apply. For more information, go to hiring.next.com. Remember, that's next with the double X, not the triple X. Hiring.next.com. You've got questions, we've got answers. Business leadership, ownership, and sales can be challenging. Tune into the Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast to learn from the world's experts. 
Join me, your host, Diane Helbig, as I chat with people who have expertise in various areas of business. You'll enjoy the lively conversations that are focused on providing you with the ideas, tips, and suggestions you need to realize greater success. Get what you need for your business when you need it from the people who have the answers. Accelerate Your Business Growth is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network and is available on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And how do you wrangle in in a team environment? How does that work uh, specifically in your case? In, in what aspect, Joel? How big is your team? How is how are these projects divided? Um, is it a big room with everybody or a Zoom call and we go through each job individually? Uh, are recruiters assigned to managers? Yeah, I'm just and curious. how often? Yeah. Yeah. Is it like every two weeks? Yeah, okay. so bi-weekly, we, we have a meeting. We call it the, uh, the retro and allo call. So we do a retrospective of the previous sprint, what worked, what didn't. And I, I put the fish on the table. So if the managers are not giving us feedback, which is one of the principles, 48 hours, they have to give us feedback or I'll ice their position. Mm. And I don't make a lot of friends that way. <laughs> Ouch. Ouch. Yes, take that power. Hell yeah. <laughs> but it retrains them. Yeah. And then the other aspect of it that, that we'll, we'll cover is, is whip limits or work in progress. So so think about your normal recruiter. This one's really, really important. What do they do? They send 50 candidates over, over the, the span of two weeks, or the manager asks for 50 candidates only to go back and hire one of the five or so that we sent them three weeks ago. No, mm-hmm. look at the damn five. These are the top five that we think. Make a decision, pull the trigger, let us all move on with our lives. This forces it. So our goal, once we have that sprint, once we have our allocations, to start looking now at our, our swim lane. So recruiter swim lane, hiring manager submitted swim lane, and then the hiring manager interview. And we want to put a cap, a maximum amount that the managers can look at. So the first one is it's five across the board. So five scheduled interviews, maybe five sitting, waiting. Once we hit those whip limits for that top priority, we move on to the next one. That's where our rhythm comes in. Because now I'm waiting on the, that last principle, which is feedback. Once I get the feedback, I can go back to it, move on, say, okay, you like two, two of the five. I got another five. Let's pick our top three. I get those scheduled. I go right back to the next one that I'm sourcing on in priority. <clears throat> so it, it gives some accountability. And, uh, you know, the reporting and stuff that, that I've built, it... <laughs> it's kind of funny because I love it. The recruiters, whenever I'm training them, uh, you know, especially like in a new organization, they go, oh, yeah, heck yeah, this works. And then I go to the hiring manager and they're like, yeah, yeah. Then I start laying down the gauntlet and going, hey, you're not playing by the rules. That's yeah. when everybody's feelings get hurt. So how manual is it, though? I mean, how much how much work does the recruiter have to do manual input into the system to be? Is, is it their normal process that they're used to? Or I mean, how, how does how does this actually change for them other than prioritization? So I take the Lord of the Rings approach whenever it comes to reporting. <laughs> we have one report to rule them all. Okay. All right. So the thing um, at my previous Hell firm, yeah. <laughs> I'm all about simplicity, man, and laziness. Well, so I have a degree system, in marketing too. So therefore, I do. Yeah. I do. So therefore, <laughs> I am. Your, find your voice, Trent. Find your voice, baby. Come on. <laughs> I'm never going to live that down. <laughs> anyway, so at the previous firm, we used Google Sheets. And, you know, the recruiters kind of kept up their little uh, status reports. You know, we've got a status. We got notes and all that wow. other kind of stuff, which is is standard. You know, most ATSs, they suck, in my opinion. They, they are built yeah, for you an use, HR let's, let's talk. Use success factors, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. So it's funny that you're using Google Sheets but have success factors. But we can no, maybe talk no, about that. No, no. That is at the other place. Yeah, that was at the other place. Um, now, actually, I use... <laughs> He's got a hitman out on him now. 
Yeah, I use Smartsheet now because it, it's hard in the system in an ATS to to configure it to how Sprint works because you can't put a point value in there. There's got to be some way that we can track it. So is that a software, Smartsheets? Smartsheet is like Excel or Google Sheet on steroids. I love it because I can put some automation in there. So whenever a, a, a man, uh, excuse me, a recruiter goes in and changes the status on a, a requisition to say whip limit, an email goes out to the hiring manager and says, hey, you are now at your whip limit, maximum number of candidates, I'm moving on to the next one in priority. You have 48 hours to give me feedback. So it's like a Trello for recruiting. It is exactly. And that's the thing that I like about Smartsheet over what we had at uh, the bank. In Smartsheet, I can put it in a Kanban. So whenever I'm having my daily standup with the recruiting team, I, I see where we are in the status. We start with everything that has points. How are we moving them across the board? It's nice and it's visual, which most of us in recruiting, we're visual people. Yeah. So we can kind of see how are we moving this down the line or, or moving the ball down the field. And then we, we say, okay, now that we've talked about Sprint, let's talk about the rest of our jobs. And the, the, the really awesome thing, because I'm a, I guess, psychological sadist, I love to kind of put people through change and, and watch whenever they start turn in the corner and things start hitting, there's always a point whenever I'm doing this consultation with uh, with clients that recruiters start realizing, okay, you got 10 days in a sprint. There's usually by the third sprint, so six weeks in, they go, hey, I'm actually at a point where I can't really do anything on the rest of my sprint roles. Is it okay if I reach out to this executive and see like how are they going to prioritize the next sprint? Hell yes, get a jump on it. Yeah. And that capacity standpoint, uh, you know, I call that the capacity mindset shift. It starts at day eight. Usually that's the first first time that it kind of peaks its head. And then over time, I start tracking. When does that, you know, we go from day eight to day seven to day six. And then as a leader, I can start looking at my team and saying, okay, this person's got sprint. They understand the process. They're managing their board. They have extra capacity. Let me go in and get them to help out at an organizational level. I know what's important. So I can go and rather than saying this person's got 68 recs, I don't care. I don't care if they have 68 recs. If they have 25 jobs that have points, that's where I'm going to get concerned. What's the story now when you go to the C-suite? You're setting this up to focus on business prioritization, right? Yeah, right. How, what's that What's that conversation look like? Uh, well, we sure as hell don't talk about time to fill. Uh, we talk about points. We talk about on average, uh, I think we're three sprints in. So I wasn't going to start sprint until uh, like 30 or 45 days into. Um, you couldn't help yourself. Oh, dear God in heaven. I was like, this is this shit. I was having like PTSD from, you know, before I was like, I can't deal with this shit. We're, we're putting these people in sprint. Uh, so now, like whenever I'm meeting with the uh, with the executives, we do like monthly management reviews. It's a totally different conversation. I said, OK, let's look back at February. We had this many positions come in. We filled this many. So traditional metric. We need to we need to keep eye on that because I want to see are we trending up in number of jobs? And if so, I want to know why. The next part that we go over is uh, I've, I've got them an automatic dashboard that they just go and click and anybody in the organization that's a hiring manager can go and look and see where they are. Uh, but we, we start talking about week over week sprint. So 100 points, last sprint, uh, or the first sprint of February, we hit 60%. The last sprint of the month, we hit 25. Part of that was because, you know, half the team sits in Houston. They were iced over for, you know, close uh, to a week, yeah. you know, um, but... I can also go in and look because we track number of points attained against the budget. But then for all of those roles that we close that do not have points, we, we get extra credit. So I'm able to track two trend lines. Uh, one of the conversations I had, I think last week with one of the executives, they're like, you're not filling the right roles. I said, well, look at the sprint. Look, look at this number. You've got 38 extra jobs that were filled 
outside of the 10 that you allocated points. So either the recruiter, and, and I'll find this out, either the recruiter is taking the easy way out or you are diverting our prioritization. And we need to, we, we kind of need to go and say, what is prioritization? Let's go back to kindergarten. Let's define it for you and the client because you're screwing with my productivity. Nice. Well, speaking of productivity, let's uh, let's talk about recruitment tech for a second. Uh, you mentioned you you endorse one product, which is nice uh, for the company. And you, you do quite a bit of stuff. And this is actually my, my most important question. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it pronounced higher tool or yes. higher tool? <laughs> 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 Hire tool. Tool. They just can't spell that shit right. Yeah, I'm guessing by the number of YouTube videos you've done for them, uh, you like their product. <laughs> uh, how do uh, they got seek out hiring solve their competitors? I guess what what are some tools technology wise that you can't live without and that you you love and use uh, almost daily? You've already named my first one. The thing I love about about hire tool is it's kind of like an all-in-one. So I've got this incredible AI sourcing, machine learning sourcing platform that goes across 45 different platforms. So I'm not just LinkedIn or career builder as if they're still relevant. Indeed. Hold on. LinkedIn's not relevant. Did I use <laughs> career builder? <laughs> career, oh, builder. career builder. Yeah. Li- okay. LinkedIn's not too far behind them. <laughs> but, oh, uh, All right. <laughs> <laughs> keep keep going. Yeah. Keep going, Trent. So, so we, we've got you know access to 45 different platforms. So it's an incredible sourcing tool. And it's also got market insight. So once I, I, I've i kind of got my search, I'm looking at the, the sample candidates and I go, yeah, I'm on the right track. I can go and generate market insights. It tells me everything from top schools, top locations, uh, what's the average salary based off of, you know, I think they use salary.com and Dean Glassdoor. I don't, don't hold me to it. But anyway, it's, it's like real life stuff. I don't have to wait 18 months for a damn survey to tell me what to pay someone now. Um, so I can build a recruiting strategy. And what I do is, is uh, whenever I'm sitting with executives, I pull up my screen and I show them and they help me build out the search. And then we look at, you know, who are our competitors? I can do competitive analysis, you know, go and pick ABC company, DEF and XYZ company and look at project managers. What are they paying their people? Where are these people located? How competitive are we? So it's got that, that talent strategy. And then you've got the CRM built right in. And to me, it, it's just kind of an all-in-one suite. It's, it's probably one of my... That was the first thing that I lived with uh, whenever I joined the company. Actually, before I joined the company, I accepted the offer on a Tuesday. I emailed my rep at HireTool, Jonathan. Huge shout out to Jonathan. But I emailed him and copied my new boss, um, her partner, and said, I need y'all to find time. I start on a Monday. I, I need a meeting on either Wednesday or Thursday of that week. Maggie and um, you know team, I want you to demo the product. Hire tool is the one one solution to rule them all for the most part. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. For me. How about let's real quick communication wise, right? We talk a lot about chatbots, automation, mm-hmm. text recruiting, uh, picking up the phone and talking. Like, what has sort of been the the best way to communicate with candidates in your world today? Uh, in the world today, it's it's still I'm still learning. Uh, so I come from banking, and now I'm in everything testing, inspection, and certification. So it's a totally different job market. We've got a, a huge group that they don't email. <laughs> they don't, it's kind of like the, you know, I felt like I was about to do the Cardi B song. They don't email, they don't cook. Uh, but they, you, you just have to <laughs> kind of like pick up the phone and call them. Um, and even then it's, it's, you know, calling and texting. But then we've got another group that is still on LinkedIn and all that. One of the products that I am enamored by is uh, Wade and Wendy. They, you know, it's kind of kind of got that that front end uh, going out, helping you source, evaluating the candidate, that real time 
aspect. Um, and I like the interface. It's, it's a lot more human centric, even though, you know, whenever it introduces itself, Wendy, I'm an AI recruiter. Uh, I was talking with the company not too long ago and they were sharing some anecdotes about how candidates were like hitting on them or, you know, <laughs> wanting to take the AI out to dinner whenever they started and everything to me that, that from a candidate experience, that means, Hey, you're on to something. Uh, but then the, the Wade aspect of it. So someone doesn't qualify Wendy turns them over to Wade, Wade goes and does some career pathing. So as a retention strategy, to me, that's a fantastic way to unleash that on the internal population and give them the opportunity to kind of drive their career. And it's all going to be based off of data. So that that's kind of like, that's a flavor of the AI that I'm looking at for this, this next stage. Analytics are huge to me. I have worked with Vizier in the past. It's probably one of my favorite analytic tools. I can, I can look at turnover. I can look at it broken down by diversity. I can look at trends, uh, anything that I want to equity, all of that stuff. And it's right at the tip of my fingers and it puts it in fantastic graphics that are easy to understand. I'm a data nerd. Vizier does a fantastic way of just kind of putting it in a way that both HR people and the business understand it and it puts them speaking the same language. Those are those are kind of like my three favorites right now. So candidate engagement and obviously the experience is huge. And on page 92 of the Sprint Recruiting Manual, uh, there's this awesome bar chart. Uh, it says the worst thing to hear from recruiters, small bar says, sorry, you didn't get the job. Big bar, nothing, right? So what what are you guys doing to ensure that all of those candidates, they're receiving some type of interaction, they're, they're getting some type of feedback? You talk about Wade and Wendy, um, but what overall do you think is the best to kind of like pop down for that one communication tech that's out there today in recruiting? You know, honestly, Chad, this is this is where I struggle because there is part of me that would love to find a way to automate that. But then there's another part of me that that's a human thing. If I pick up the phone and I hear your voice and I talk to you and I try to get you interested in a role or I'm evaluating you for a role and we decide not to go, it takes me two minutes to pick up the phone and call you. You're going to have a much better taste in your mouth from that kind of an experience than me talking to you, getting you all hyped up. And then suddenly I just send you an email like 45 days later. Hey, we decided to go with another candidate. That, that's just kind of my cardinal rule. So as far as tech goes, I'm, I don't know that there's a tech platform out there that I would trust with that. that. That's a human thing. But what I do look at from a strategy standpoint, what can I automate to take away some of the other crap? So that way the recruiting team can go and focus on those human elements that I want them to own. So that, that's kind of my, my strategy or my thought process behind it. Gotcha. Finding his voice on the Chad and Cheese podcast, everybody. Trent Cotton, thanks for coming on the show, buddy. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. For those it. who want to know more about you, want to get a copy of Sprint Recruiting, which, let me add, does not in involve actual physical sprinting. Thank God for Cheeseman. Where do they get the book? Where do they Where do they connect with you? Uh, definitely on LinkedIn. You can find me on uh, Twitter at Trent Cotton. You can follow my blog. I, I go into some case studies and some other little topics on SprintRecruiting.com. And of course, you can go to Amazon and type in Sprint Recruiting, how to innovate, iterate, and accelerate your recruiting. And uh, please leave a review if you do read the book because I read them all and I try to respond. Happy St. Patrick's Day, everybody. Trent, Chad, let the Guinness start flowing. We, we out. out. We are out. Thank you for listening to what's it called? A podcast. The Chad. The Cheese. Brilliant. They talk about recruiting. They talk about technology. But most of all, they talk about nothing. 
Just a lot of shout-outs of people you don't even know, and yet you're listening. It's incredible. And not one word about cheese. Not one. Cheddar. Blue. Nacho. Pepper Jack. Swiss. So many cheeses, and not one word. So weird. Anywho, be sure to subscribe today on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. That way, you won't miss an episode. And while you're at it, visit www.chatcheese.com. Just don't expect to find any recipes for grilled cheese. It's so weird. We out! The Jim Stroud Podcast explores the discoveries and trends forming the future of our lives. Brain-to-brain communication, robot bosses, microchip implants for workers, and artificial intelligence replacing human workers are all happening now. If you want to know what's happening next, subscribe now to the Jim Stroud Podcast.